Hey, Morgan. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. My name is Morgan Glosslin. I am the current general manager of BearCast Media. Yeah, uh, my name is Jordan Glickson, and I was music director of BearCast back when it was BearCast Radio. I may have been officially or unofficially the first music director of BearCast. So how did you get involved in BearCast? Uh, so I was uh, I was an electronic media major, which is now media production. Um, and I, I had been a DJ since I was, you know, 13. And I think it was, you know, my freshman, maybe my sophomore year, there was just these conversations in the hallways about we're starting a radio station. There was no radio station at the time. Um, there had been, I think, in uh, the 70s, 80s, maybe 90s, I was an FM station that the university then gave their lease to a classical station in town. Um, so there was no radio station and, and there just started to be these conversations led by Dr. Owens about launching a, a new school radio station that would actually be over campus cable, which is probably something you guys don't have anymore, but basically you would go onto your TV in your dorm room or anywhere, any, any campus housing, uh, and you would turn to a station uh, on your TV and hear the hear it that way. And then it would also be over the internet, which at the time was a very unique thing, the idea of listening to a radio station over the internet. But so I, I started just going to the meetings. And you know, at the times I, I started going to the meetings, it was literally just a group of people saying, How do we do this? You know, again, led by Dr. Owens, but didn't have a name, didn't have a format. You know, the current CCM building, if I remember correctly, wasn't even done yet. So the facilities weren't there. So it was really, you know, we didn't have the the control board. We didn't have an office. We didn't have a library of music. We didn't have anything. It was ground zero. Where I was talking to somebody else about the, like the hole in the wall of the Bearcast office. I haven't been back to Cincinnati in a long time. Um, longer than, you know, it's been about 10 years actually since I've even been back in Cincinnati. You know, so when I when I would go back, I you know I used to go back fairly frequently. It was easier before I had a family. I would stop by occasionally, but it's been you know it's been a long time since I've I've been by the Bearcast office or Bearcast studio. Well, I'm sure probably not as much has changed as you would think. Uh, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm sure it's a lot. You know, when I when I was there it was Bearcast Radio, and that's what Bearcast was. It was purely a radio station, and obviously, you know, it's Bearcast Media now, and it's there's so much more to it. And, you know, I know when I was there, I basically lived in that office. So I don't know if it's still the same small office, uh, yeah. which I can't even imagine how that's, you know, hasn't grown, but, you know, in between classes, that's where I was, you know, I, I, you know, I had a job at nights, but I would go to my first class in the morning at whatever time it was. And I didn't go back to my apartment or anything like that in between classes. I went to the Bearcast office and I got on the phone with record labels or sent emails to record labels or promoters or whoever, just trying to get music in. So I spent a lot of time in that office and I, I don't want to say I miss it, but, um, but I definitely, you know, it's on high on my list of places to go by next time I'm in town. I was going to say, well, you're welcome anytime. We're happy <laughs> to have you. Um, well, thank you. So what would you say if you had to pick a favorite memory from Bearcast, what would you say that that would be? Oh, wow. Um, there is no way I can pick one favorite memory from Bearcast. It's everything from 
when I would DJ our Bearcast sort of awareness events that we would do in McMicken Commons and other places, we would set up to give up free t-shirts and stuff like that. And I'd bring out my DJ equipment and I'd, you know, DJ, you know, in the middle of campus for a few hours, which was always fun doing my own radio show. I loved, you know, I, Thursday nights for about you know three or four years were, were mine. And, you know, one of the beauties of internet radio uh, especially early on, like I said, it wasn't the norm was I wasn't from Cincinnati. I wasn't from Ohio. I grew up in Chicago. I have, you know, my sister lived in New York. My aunt lived in Tokyo. Like I could send this link to friends and family all over the world and they could listen to my show. Did my aunt have any idea what the hell I was playing on my, you know, Thursday night hip hop show with explicit lyrics? None. Right. But she could, she could listen. Right which was great. So that was always a fun memory. You know, my mom being a loyal listener to my, to my show back in Chicago, it, it really is impossible to pick one because Bearcast was the dominant presence of my time at the university of Cincinnati. That's awesome. That's what we like. It's been so like, <laughs> and I want to say like inspiring and impactful to hear, like that's been pretty much what every single person has said is I can't pick just one. And I think that's just the coolest thing that like, that's like the legacy that Bearcast leaves on people's lives. Yeah. I mean, I I wish I had, you know, as I say it, which should be a big memory, but I don't, I don't remember, I don't have a clear memory of like the exact moment of like when we were officially on the air, right? Like I, I don't have, you know, because I was there before it started, I don't have that moment of like, and maybe it wasn't so dramatic and maybe that's why, you know, but I don't have a memory of like Dr. Owens flipping the switch and all of a sudden, you know, we're live and the whole world's listening, um, which didn't happen. But, you know, that first show and, and, you know, and it's not so much like a specific memory, but like Bearcast led to my first real internship that kickstarted my career. And I do remember being in the office that we were just talking about on the phone with a guy at a record label in New York City that of you know and having the conversation about an internship and then you know and that sort of was the domino that started you know everything to get me to where I am now yeah that's also, that kind of leads into my next question which would be you know how did bearcast change or impact your life it, it's not an overstatement to say bearcast completely changed my life i went to uc uh, as I said, a media production major, thinking I wanted to be a music producer and spend my life in a studio making music and producing music. And thanks to Bearcast, I realized that wasn't what I wanted to do. I definitely wanted to work in music, but what I wanted to do was share music with a wider audience. I wanted to help influence what people listen to and share new music. I, I, as I said, I, I started as a DJ, so I've always loved the idea of like, I found this great new artist. Let me share it with the world. Bearcast gave me that opportunity. Bear, you know, as the music director, I was helping decide and influence what music we were playing on the air. And my role at Bearcast led to my first internship. It led to me getting an internship at Virgin Records in New York City um, for a summer. And then that led to my first job, which led to my second job. I mean, at, at my entire career, I can point back to being the music director of Bearcast. And had I not gone to that first meeting of this unnamed, unlaunched student radio station, and then proceed to get involved, 
my career path would be completely different than it is right now. Speaking of your career path, um, once I realized that I was interviewing you today, I got quite nervous. Um, <laughs> There's so, definitely no reason to be nervous. Well, I just like seeing all the things that you've been able to accomplish in your career. Those are all things that at one point, part of me still thinks like I would have wanted to accomplish. I was just like, oh, wow, he's like done it. And I get to talk to him. That's so cool. But um, would you be <laughs> able to kind that. of describe your current role, like where you are now and like what do you do in your current role? What does that look like? Yep. So I'm currently the vice president of music and talent at Vivo. So what does that mean? Uh, Vivo, for anyone that doesn't know, is the world's largest music video network. We distribute music videos from major labels, major artists, independent artists, independent labels through YouTube and a host of off YouTube channels and platforms. So what's my role? I'm responsible again for the music and talent team in Canada, United States, Mexico, Latin America, Brazil, Australia, New Zealand. Uh, I have a counterpart that handles all of Europe. But the team that I oversee has all the direct relationships with labels, artists, and managers. We are responsible for what music videos come into our network and how we promote them and how we share them with the world. We are responsible for what artists we book to shoot our own performances and content with. So we're not just bringing in music videos, but we also shoot a lot of content with artists. And so my team decides who we're going to shoot with and is responsible for that whole process. My team's responsible for, again, all that content that comes in, whether we make it or someone sends it to us, how do we share it with the world? We're also responsible for all of Vivo's social media platforms. So anything you see on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, et cetera, all Vivo accounts, uh, it comes from my team. And one of the newest parts that, that's really interesting is we're also responsible for what's called growth and optimization, which is helping our partners learn how to make good content. And when I say make good content, I don't mean like, what makes an exciting music video? Should you be standing on a stage or should you have a car chase? I don't mean, should you have a long intro at the beginning or should you get right to the music? How should you title it so that people can see it? How often should you be releasing new music videos? All these things, I don't think it's any surprise to anyone. Algorithms are always a big topic of conversation in, in, in all entertainment now. I mean, whether it's Netflix or Spotify or Vivo or YouTube or anything else. So what we try to do is we try to help our partners understand those algorithms better and give them recommendations. So it's not just, oh, great, we have the new Justin Bieber video. Let's program it and, and share it with the world. But it's also talking to Justin Bieber's team and saying, here's what you can do to make his video even more impactful or make his album roll out even more successful. That's like just kind of an interesting side of media that I don't think a lot of people think about. Like, you know, people know like the music making part of it, but they don't realize everything that goes into just like releasing it and making sure that it's like the best possible results. That's really cool that you do all of that. sounds like you've got a lot of things going on at all (laughs) times. Yeah. I mean, I have, I have a great team. You know, what's, what's really important. And I mean, you're the general manager, you know how this goes, right? You can't do everything, nor should you try to do everything. The key to success. And I don't mean this to sound some kind of cliche thing, but like, it's about having the best people that do the best things, right? I, I'm not the best at social media. I have a great social media team, right? My programming team we deal with one of my favorite things about Vivo is we deal with every genre and every level of artist. It is impossible for any one person to know that. So we get together as a team and we 
we bring in new music and new videos and say, you all need to see this. You all need to see this. This is someone we should get behind. But also when it comes to programming, I don't know. I'm not the country music expert. I know country music. I, you know, I, I enjoy it, but I'm not the expert. So there's an expert on the team. I'm not a Latin music expert and Latin in and of itself has, you know, a thousand genres too. So having the people that really know and can be experts in their areas is really, you know, what makes my job work. I 100% agree with you. Having like a good team behind you makes or breaks it. So, uh, and I'm fortunate that I also, I also have a good team (laughs) that helps me out because I'm a business student. So e-media is not my, uh, my home. I minored in it for a little while, but anytime something needs to be filmed, I'm like, Ethan, (laughs) he's our video director. (laughs) I'm like, I can help you come up with marketing strategies, but I like you do the camera stuff. Um, Well, and, and similarly, you know, like I said, my team is responsible for who we shoot content with, but we don't shoot it. I have a, I have a, you know, complimentary team, an original content production team that I don't oversee that they come up with the creative of what we're going to shoot and they execute it and they make everything look good. And then we, you know, we help get them the artists for what they create. And then we help make sure the world sees what they create. So what would you say is your favorite thing about your job? And then what's something that you maybe could do without at your job? I mean, without a doubt, my favorite thing is that we work with artists of all genres and all levels, right? So we, you know, today, Justin Bieber put out a new video. Drake put out a new video. You know, lots and lots of big new artists came out. But there's also all these emerging artists that we love that we get to work with. Um, and so that's been my favorite part. I mean, I've been at Vivo for about nine and a half years now. Been in the business, obviously, longer than that. But like, I've had the opportunity to see artists that we and we're not solely responsible. No one outlet can be solely responsible in this day and age. But artists that we championed and worked with nine years ago that are now best-selling artists, uh, selling out arenas when touring was a thing, um, Grammy nominated, you know, I, you know, there's specific artists I can think of. The, the example I always use is that, uh, there's a rapper named Rhapsody. I don't know if you're familiar with her or not. Um, but she was an independent unsigned artist. My relationship with her started by me reaching out to her on Twitter about 10 years ago, even before I was at Vivo and saying like, Oh, I heard your mixtape. It's dope. Would love to figure out how we can work together. Then I got to Vivo and was like, Hey, I'm here now. Like I want to help promote your music videos. And it just built and built and built. And then a couple of years ago, she gets nominated for some Grammys. And so like, here's this artist, like at my old job, I just reached out to on Twitter because I liked her mixtape. Now she's signed to Jay-Z's label. Um, she's been featured on Kendrick Lamar's album and, and the Judas and the Black Messiah soundtrack and, you know, all these uh, Netflix documentaries, all these things, like I said, signed to Jay-Z and it started there. And I've been able to witness and, and be some part of that entire journey. So that's without a doubt my favorite part. I mean, we did something similar with Cincinnati's own Walk the Moon. So I don't know how familiar you are with Walk the Moon. Yeah. Uh, but Walk the Moon, a, a, you know, a couple of them, I think, were even e-media students. but. They signed to a major record label. They came, I remember when they came into our office nine years ago and played acoustic for us. And we were like, these guys are great. And then we made them part of our lift program, which is an emerging artist program. And again, I've seen them play acoustic in our office, 
to a venue with a hundred people to a venue with a few thousand people. And like to be able to see that journey and, and be a part of it. And then the fact that they're from Cincinnati is just an added bonus. You know, what could I do without, you know, it's hard to say because the bad is part of the good. You know, if anything, it's just, and this goes for anything is as you move up into more of a managerial role, like I'm in now, you're less in the weeds of some of the fun stuff. I'm not actually programming anymore. I I don't have like record label accounts that I talk to every day, right? I'm more of the troubleshooter and sort of almost like a coach, right? It's sort of like, it's almost like I'm done playing the game and now I'm coaching the team. And that has nothing to do with my, you know, Vivo specifically. That's just sort of how, it, and I'm thrilled about it. I mean, I love my job, but there are days where I'm like, oh, they get to do the fun stuff. Like their job is to, you know, this person's job is to watch 20 music videos today and pick his five favorites and put them in a playlist. I have to sit in meetings all day and deal with some issue that came up. Right. And I wouldn't do without it because I, I want this role. This I want, I'm doing what I want to be doing. But if there was something that, you know, I could do without it, would, it would, you know, be the red tape and, and all that, that comes with any, uh, any bigger job. How, is there like any favorite artists that you've worked with throughout your career that like, you just like, they were your favorite to work with. Like you just enjoyed working with them throughout the whole process or, and if there's not, that's okay. I'm just I'm putting you on the spot. I, I mean, there, there's so many artists I've loved working with and, and it's for a variety of reasons. I, I mentioned Rhapsody, right. Being able to work with her really early on all the way. She's uh, become a bigger star to the point where like, she mentions me in one of her songs. And then when she did the video, she had me in her video. So like, really, and again, it was before she was as big as she is now, but so here's this Grammy nominated rapper who like, I'm in her music video and not like, Oh, a quick shot. Like I'm one of like five people in the whole video. And I remember, you know, one of my favorite memories, you talked about like a favorite, favorite Bearcast memories. I remember, you know, being in a small studio with her and her team and maybe 10 or other 10 or so other people before this album came out uh, and she's just playing it. And she didn't tell me that she said my name or anything. And she's playing the song called Thank You Very Much. And we're all just sitting there and like you do, you're nodding your head and, and all that. And then all of a sudden I like hear my name and I like look up and she like flashes me the smile. And I was like, that's crazy. And then a couple months later, she's like, I'm in New York. I'm shooting a video for it. You got to come. So, but also for me, I've been a music fan for so long. Like I've known since I was 13 or 12 that I needed to work in music in some regard. And so the idea of working with artists now that I've been a fan of my whole life, and then especially if they turn out to be as nice as I had hoped, right? So that that's one of the, I, I guess, sort of rewinding. That's one of the things I wish I could do without is if there's a drawback to what of working in the music business, it's seeing behind the curtain. Not every artist is as nice or as talented or as pleasant to work with as you had hoped and dreamed. But on the other side of that, there are plenty that have not let me down. Common is my all-time favorite artist. And I have had the opportunity to work with him on like his last like four or five albums. When he has an album coming out, him and his team are like, we're doing something with Vivo. We know Vivo's got our back and they come by every time. I mean... So it's not like he's my friend and I can call him up on the phone, but his manager looks out, you know, I have a great relationship with his management team and 
anything we're doing, he's been a part of. Any album he's put out, we've been a part of. You know, George Clinton from Parliament, Parliament Funkadelic. I gave a speech about him in high school. And two years ago, he came in for a meeting to play us his new music and sat there for like three hours just telling us the most crazy stories. And it was like mind blowing. And, you know, Too Short, you know, I remember when Too Short came in, I was like, here, I learned most of the swear words I know from his music, <laughs> you know, and here, here I am. I get, you know, I get to meet him. Sting came in a couple of years ago when he was doing his album with Shaggy. And like, that's when we're like, you know, I have this picture of me with Sting and like my mom's looking at that going and my sister's looking at that and going, oh my God, you met Sting. And, and this isn't meant to brag. It's just part of the job. Like even before Vivo, I had the opportunity to meet um, Bono from U2 a couple of times. Uh, and not that I was the biggest U2 fan in the world, but you have to respect him and what they, what they've done. And he was the nicest person. And he took the time to walk by every person and shake their hand and ask their name. Wow. And I was like, this is a guy that like sits down with presidents, right? And if there's anyone that has the right to be an asshole, it's probably him. And if there's anyone I probably expected to be an asshole, it was probably him. And yet there he was at, you know, 30, 40 people. Hi, I'm Bono. What's your name? Hi, I'm, I was like, this is crazy. Like, I guess that's how you get to be the mm-hmm. guy that sits down with presidents because you're just that nice to people. And so, and it was genuine. For yep. someone kind of, you know, like myself, who's looking to make their way into the industry that you work in, you know, what advice would you give somebody maybe who is looking for internships like that, or who's trying to find their way into that field? I think the most important thing, and as it's evidenced by what I did, is the extracurriculars and the, you know, and it's not just about extracurriculars for the sake of extracurriculars. Everyone's heard that. Faircast, right? What are what can you do that's involved with the business that shows that you understand uh, at least the beginnings of it? Because there aren't, unfortunately, as many internship opportunities as there used to be. Companies just don't do, there's all, all these regulations around internships and stuff like that now. So it is about as much experience as you can get. And something like Bearcast, you know, is a great opportunity. And I would also say, you just have to keep at it. There were moments where I was laid off from my job. There were moments where I didn't think I was ever going to get the job that I wanted to get into the business. And was I going to be working retail my whole life? Like, did, did I pursue this dream so far? that it eliminated all other opportunities when I maybe should have gone to law school or something like that, or something like that. Like, was I so singularly focused and it's not going to happen. And so I'm screwed now. And, and I just kept pursuing all the different opportunities and how I ended up getting my first job in New York, not the internship I mentioned before was the craziest story of someone randomly coming into the store I worked at in retail and me asking if I could help them with something and then sparking a conversation and then bothering them for three months until their assistant was quitting. And then they called me and asked me to be their new assistant. Like, like just keep pursuing, keep networking and just keep talking to people and, and be willing to do whatever it is that you need to do. The first, your first job's not going to be glamorous. Even when I got my first job, I was like, did I do the right thing? I am coming home miserable almost every day. I, my first job, 
there were days I refused to listen to music outside of work because music had made me so upset that day. And I'm not saying it should do that. That's more a reflection of my boss at the time, but like I made it through it. Mm -hmm. And, and part of it was just because it was new and the demands were new and I was, you know, and I wasn't sure if I was cut out for it. Um, But apparently I am. This probably won't get in. You'll probably cut this part out, but like, feel free to email me your resume, right? Let, um, if, if you're interested in, you know, um, you know, in working in the music business, you yeah. know, I'm networking is the key because a recommendation is going to speak louder than any piece of paper. You know, so many people want to work in the music business or in, so, in probably any business anyone wants to be in. Mm-hmm. There's so many people vying for that job and and sending in your resume and just hoping they read it is is great and it works for some people in the music business how do you get your resume to the top of the pile how do you get someone to look at it mm-hmm. when there's you know when we post a new job we usually pull down the posting after 2 days oh, wow. because we've gotten too we've gotten so many resumes at that point that if we don't turn it take it down we won't be able to go through all the resumes it just goes that quickly so keep networking keep trying, keep learning. Mm -hmm. The music business changes with technology and everything else changes so quickly. Keep reading up on what's going on, whether that's what artists are happening, what deals are happening in business. Square just bought title yesterday. Like these are the things people should know. Um, Mm -hmm. One, one trick, you know, emerging artists are a big part of what we do. Every interview I do, I ask someone who the new artists are that they're listening to, because I don't need you to tell me that you listen to Justin Bieber or Drake or Common or Billie Eilish, love them all. Show me that you're digging deeper yeah. and and fi- and finding that next two artists. I I've had people that I've interviewed that told me about an artist I never heard of that we ended up doing a ton of work with over the next couple of years uh, because they had they had their ear to the ground that far in advance. Thank you again for taking time out of what I'm sure is very. Yeah, thank you. So. It was really great to talk to you. And I, it's, I just love hearing about everybody's journeys because it's just so, it's the coolest thing to me is to like, yeah, for sure. You are.